good to be with you guys. As Mike said, I do want to give you one announcement before we get into the Word this evening. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, I will be in the chapel. Uh, if you guys know where that's at, it's just right over there. And we have a class we're teaching. It's called How to Become a Prayer Warrior. We've been going through a lot of different stages of it. Last several months, we've been working on not um, spiritual, well, spiritual warfare, deception, witchcraft, all those kind of things, and how the power of prayer breaks all that. Uh, we're now going to be moving into how God restores people through prayer. Uh, not just healing ministry, but how an intercession, you can pray for people from afar, watch God heal them. If you're interested in any of that, please come and join us tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. It lasts about an hour. We always have time where we learn to minister to each other. So if you haven't been in a class recently where you've learned how to pray for a person or watch the Holy Spirit minister to somebody, we have what's called a clinic time every time we do it, where we invite the presence of the Lord to release his presence and his love. So tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. With that, would you guys grab your Bibles and go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, I'm going to be looking specifically with you at verse 10, and then I'm going to be going from there and teaching on miracles tonight, signs and wonders, and I want to introduce something to you here in 1 Corinthians. When you come to the idea of what Paul's going to be talking about, Paul is coming into a church that is already formed in their meeting, and he's coming into a problem and having a discussion with them, and it's the culture of Corinthians, they're into like a form of spiritualism, which means when they do pagan worships, spirits manifest in people and they do these things. And Paul is trying to show them that the Holy Spirit is different than these spirits in pagan religion. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to come among them and not say, hey, you ought to function in gifts. He's saying giftedness is already happening, so let's learn to do this well. Let's understand it and do it well. And so the height of pagan worship in 1 Corinthians was this, and they still do it today in, in um, certain forms of witchcraft and voodoo. A spirit comes on them, they scream and fall on the ground in some kind of foreign tongue, and, and everyone thinks that's the height of a spirit encountering a human being. And the Corinthians were following that pattern. And so now Paul has to come and say, that isn't the highest form of walking in the Spirit. So let me teach you a better way. And he goes through laying out how do you recognize the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit is coming all the time, but what is the thrust of the Spirit coming among you? And he's now beginning to say the thrust of it is God is making himself known to his people every time they gather. And I'm sure you guys have had Mike teach this or in other places that you've gone, but think about this with me. What we see here in 1 Corinthians isn't something that just happened historically, and we study it and go, isn't that interesting? This is a pattern of how church is supposed to be every week we get together. Every time they get together, the Spirit comes among them. So, you guys, if you're always asking, well, what's the standard of when we gather? What should it actually look like? Well, there should be a place where the Spirit comes among us, 
and he ministers to people however he wants in a, a lot of different ways. So someone will get a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, faith, healing miracles, tongues, interpretation tongues, and prophecy. That's not supposed to be an event we go to once a year and we hope it happens. It's supposed to be common every time we gather in his name. Because he's among us. He wants himself known to his people. Have you guys recognized something this year? That the, the amount of fear that's been even in the body of Christ is because we have an absence of the presence of the Lord ministering consistently among us. If he's moving powerfully among us, we're really not afraid of things anymore. And so I think this calls us to a standard of something. To break the power of fear, we have to let the Lord be himself in the midst of his people. And not quench him or restrict him or say, well, we're uncomfortable with how you do your thing. By the way, have you guys uh, recognized how we talk about the Lord? I'm uncomfortable with God in the midst of us. And so God chooses how he wants to minister to people, and he believes if we're his people, we should actually look for him to come among us. We even have in the Psalms, it tells us we're to seek the presence of the Lord as a people. We should be the people that not only recognize God doing this, but welcoming it and encouraging it, because this is the standard that Jesus has given us. So here we have in Corinthians, I've done too much introduction here, let's get into the passage, verse 10. We have him now describing a specific uh, way that gifts works, and it says, and to, the, um, and to another, the affecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, distinguishing of spirits, and to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. And our focus is going to be this term, affecting of miracles. Let's, let's just kind of work through the word affecting real quick. This is actually uh, kind of interesting. It's the Greek word, uh, energizmai, where we get the word energize. So when we say the affecting of a miracle, when the Spirit is among us, he energizes miraculous power. Uh, do you guys ever remember the day, uh, how many of you ever sat in a room with a teacher and they made you take a spiritual gift quiz? And you had to fill out a survey, and usually everyone that fills them out, no one ever has the, I, after, I've seen thousands of people take those spiritual gifts inventory, and no one has ever believed they've had the gift of miracles. They always go to the one that's they think is the easiest, maybe faith, or maybe knowledge, and um, it, it shows that the way we've taught it is we've not even understand the spirit moving in the midst of us. This isn't something you own or possess. This is something the spirit does when he comes among us. So, you guys ready? All the manifestations, or what we would call the gifts of the spirit, you can move in all of them. He determines which ones you're going to move in. So, you guys ready? When we get together in his name, it's like going to a candy store and asking for candy. So if you've never had the candy of miracles, you should be asking for them. Hey, let's do some miracles today, Lord. Now, a lot of people think, well, you can't, you can't say that, but the scripture right here tells you he wants to do this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to drive it home as best I can now. 
it's the minister's job or the preacher's job to encourage you so that you get comfortable with this is what God wants happening in the midst of you. You have to actually go through, isn't this funny, a course of miracles so that you'll get comfortable with them. You have to get comfortable with this. This is who God is. This is what his nature is like. He wants to do this. So the word affecting means God comes in the midst of us and he energizes the manifestation of miracles. And this is supposed to be happening every time we gather in the midst of him. Every time. I was thinking about something as I was getting ready to come up and start teaching on this. My own mother is now in Kansas City with me. So now I'm seeing her on a regular basis where for over a decade she had been in New Mexico. And we talked on the phone, but I'm not, ha I mean, she's over my house. We're having these discussions. And we had, went, we had um, gone to a park and I started having a conversation with my mom, and I said, well, mom, you know what I do, but, um, and you know that I pray for sick people. I said, how many people do you think have been healed in the meetings that I've got to be at? I, I just wanted, because I never talked to her about this kind of stuff. I wanted to see what, and she said, well, I don't know. <laughs> and I said, could you take a guess? She said, probably about 150 people. And I just kind of looked at her and I thought, wonder why I've never been having this conversation with my mother. I said, Mom, um, I'm almost 30 years into ministry now, and I've seen more than 30,000 miracles at this point in my life. 30,000. She just looked at me and she just went, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, the only thing I haven't got to do is see someone raised from the dead. And she goes, I don't know if that's possible today. And I just looked at her and I said, well, a lot of my friends have already done it. I'm behind. I need to catch up. And I said, and absolutely it's possible. God has not stopped being. And, she, and we had this really interesting conversation. And while I was talking to her about it, I could see the Spirit of the Lord ministering to her because what it did is it opened her up to, you mean the things we actually read in the New Testament are still available today? And it's actually going on constantly? And it is actually going on constantly. So, Let's, let's work through miracles. Let's just start working through the language of what is miracles, all right? So let's, let's begin by a basic definition. What is miracles? Uh, there's this really terrible definition. If you get a chance to read Webster's Dictionary on it, they really do a terrible job explaining it. So I'm going to use a biblical definition. A miracle is any time the power of God shows up and changes something. That's a miracle. Because if he didn't show up and release power, nothing would change. So a miracle is the power of God coming and changing something. That actually means that every time God shows up, he's showing up with miraculous power. In fact, when you study the word power and you go to the source of it, you realize God doesn't do miracles. He's miraculous by nature. So this is a fun thing to say. When miracles are not happening in the midst of us, it's a sign we're not letting God do what he wants in the midst of us. Because when God is doing what he wants to do in the midst of us, he's changing people's lives constantly. So, um, you guys have studied this. You, there's this concept in the New Testament of quenching the Spirit and grieving the Holy Spirit. When we quench the Spirit, we cut off miraculous transformative power in the midst of us. 
when we quench the Spirit, we're actually telling Him, we don't believe that's necessary today because we can handle all these problems that only miracles can change. And that's why we don't see a, a release of a consistency is we're either grieving or we're quenching what the Spirit wants to do in the midst of us, or we haven't learned how He does it, and so we're uncomfortable with it. All right, so let's work through this. So what is the purpose? What's the design? Why does God do miracles? Well, the first one is this. The Bible actually says it's the way that God has authenticated His word to his people. So you see, it's amazing. We would all say this. When I read the Old Testament, I see it's a book of not only wisdom, but miracles, because God has determined that he's going to authenticate his word by doing miracles. In fact, he, he actually even ties the idea that the word and miracles are connected together. Now, most teachers understand this. They believe that when they're teaching under the presence of the Holy Spirit, People should be illuminated and in coming into some new understanding and their lives being changed. So we expect that when we teach, that's just one area that miracles are released in people. Anytime faith gets awakened inside of you, miraculous power has been released inside of you. Because we can't produce biblical faith that has to be given to us by the power of God's presence. One person's enjoying this, so let's keep moving forward. So let's now begin to give the description of miracles. First one is this, wonders. Did you guys realize that one of the terms that's used in the Greek New Testament is wonders, and the next one is signs? So let's work on the word wonder, all right? So if everything that God does to transform you and I is miraculous power released, what's this category over here that is described as a sign and a wonder? Why, why does the scripture even use that terminology? Why shouldn't it just be called miracles all over the place in the scripture? Well, because there's a distinction. The word wonder uh, is really interesting. It indicates the reaction of the individual that is experiencing a miracle. So when it uses the word wonder, it actually means that it causes, ready, a bewilderment in a group of people on purpose by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, when people observed Jesus' ministry, there were several reactions. Did you guys see it when you watch people's reactions? Some people accuse him of being of the devil. Some people want to fight with him or argue with him about doing it. And then there are other people that are going, we've never seen anything like this, or God is among us. So why is there the two different reactions? The two different reactions depends on how the Spirit of the Lord is affecting the heart of the individuals by how they respond. The person that responds out of, he's doing this by the power of the devil, or who does he think he is when he's doing it, the light of God's glory is touching their heart, and it's showing rebellion. Another person that's seeking God, God comes among them with miraculous power, and they step into it, and wonderment hits their heart, and it's not only just going, I've never seen anything like that, it's literally like a magnet grabbing the human heart, and pulling them into a new level of expectation of miraculous power being released in your life. How many of you have ever gone to either some prayer meeting or done some event in the body of Christ, and you've seen God do something you've never seen him do before, and it affected you when you observed it? That wasn't just God proving to you that he has the ability to do it. The reason that you saw it was he was awakening your heart and saying, 
Did you like that? Would you like that to be consistent? He overwhelms you with it to get you to yearn for it. So did you guys hear Mike describe a miraculous thing that happened to him on Tuesday? He said, I sat there and the Spirit of the Lord came in the room and I experienced something I never experienced before. Why did God do that? He did that to awaken a reality of him in his life to say, did you like that? Would you like that to be consistent? He's looking for a response in people. When he moves in your life and he does something, he's looking for you to go, I want that all the time. And once he does it, he's trying to see, well, that hunger becomes so insatiable, you can't live without that. And it's an invitation to go higher into another realm. You guys ready for some intense charismatic statements? A higher realm of glory if you want to rest in it. And so, <laughs> so three people are with me on this. So think about this with me. When people are, have you ever tried to figure out why did everyone follow Jesus as he started healing people? Because the Spirit was doing this to people. All of a sudden, it's like we've never seen anybody that could ever do anything like this. And he just, do you guys, there's actually a pattern in the New Testament that Jesus' miracles started being more intense, more powerful, and more dramatic as he's heading towards the cross. He's intensifying it. Well, the same thing should be happening in your life as you're walking with God. You should be, when, he, when I remember when he first healed someone of a headache, I thought I had reached ultimate glory land. Now it's like, no, I need to see someone raised from the dead. And I need to see many people raised from the dead. I've, I've, got, I've tasted it, and I said, I want that. I, I'm not satisfied with that anymore. It's not that I'm not impressed with that. It's just that I've been raptured by another reality in the kingdom, and I've got to live there because he's touched me with that. That's what a wonder is. Let's look on the word sign, signs. What is a sign? Signs and wonders. A sign is actually what we call a seal of God upon something that authenticates the person and the work that God is doing. It's a sign. So, inevitably, uh, without getting into too much of this, the first 10 years that I started doing Plumline, I'd be invited to these churches that didn't like the gifts of the Spirit. It was really kind of weird. I'd be invited to churches that hated this stuff, and I'd, I'd have a talk with them and I'd go, do you realize I teach on gifts and how to move in gifts? And they're like, yeah, we actually don't like any of this, but we want you to come so that we can refute it after you're done. And I'd actually get off the phone and go, Lord, I really don't think that's you. And he's like, no, I actually opened that door. I want you to go do that. And I would go to meetings with leaders and elders and stuff. And the whole purpose of it was just to invite God showing up in the midst of them and then help them through the process of bad theology. I mean, it was just... <laughs> I went to this... Um, I don't like doing this, but I went to this one Baptist congregation in Alabama, and they were disciples of a guy that's not very well known. And I usually don't tell names, but I think you guys might know who this is. He was a guy that um, is named John MacArthur. And I, I actually have really enjoyed John MacArthur during this season, but he does not like the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, he doesn't like them. And um, this church calls me up and says, we want you to come and teach on the gifts of the Spirit. And I asked him some questions, and I found out 
they, they really don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm like, well, why do you want me to come? And they told me, we want you to come because we want you to teach it, and then we're going to refute it from that point on. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Why would I do that? And I said, well, can I call you back? And they're like, yes. And so I, Lord says, nope, go down there. I'm going to, he said, I want you to go down there to show him my heart. And I thought, okay. So I call him back and I go, I guess I'm coming. Okay. So the week before I go down, I get super sick. I'm just sick, bad. And so I had this uh, sinus infection, and my nose was running. The whole, I mean, so I just go down there. I have this fever of 103, and I'm, and I'm like, why am I doing this? And the Lord tells me, yeah, I know you're like this. This is on purpose. He was going to actually use it, and I thought, well, that's not good. And he says, I want you to go down there in weakness. And so now I'm sick. It was so bad, not to be really ridiculous with this, but my nose was running so much, I had to shove a Kleenex up it. Or I'd, have to, I'd just be blown up the whole entire time. I mean, it was just a nightmare. And the pastor said, are you going to be able to do these meetings? And I'm looking at him, kind of sort of fuzzy because I have a fever. <laughs> going, yeah, I think I'll be okay. At this church, they used to make the, uh, uh, do you ever remember the days, uh, Jared, where they used to put the elders and the pastors on stage? Okay. So it was one of these churches. So they have all these chairs on stage. They have me for the seminar. So none of the pastors or elders are up there. I'm up there by myself while they're doing the worship service. And I'm trying to just uh, hope the, the Tylenol kicks in so I can focus. And as we're doing this, the Spirit of the Lord comes on me and all my symptoms lift off. And I thought, here we go. So I asked the pastor before the meeting, I said, hey, so if the Lord wants me to minister to people, what do you want me to do? He said, well, we'd actually like you to do that. I said, so you guys don't like this, but if I try to do this, you're okay with that? And they're like, yeah. You guys see how this is a setup? I mean, it was just so weird. And so my head starts clearing. My nose is not running, and they're, they're doing the worship, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, this is, this is, already, this is already starting off unusual. And I look over at a, a, um, an African-American gentleman, and I look at him, and my heart just breaks. The Spirit of the Lord says, this man was a pastor. He's gone through spiritual abuse. His church just split. He, he's wanting to leave my serving. I want you to call him out. And I thought, oh, no. I mean, I haven't. And so the Lord's telling me this. I'm like, okay. And I'm writing it down on a piece of paper. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever do these kind of conversations with the Lord, but I told the Lord, I'll do it after I teach. So let me teach, and then I'll do it after. And the Lord just kind of stops me and says, no, I want you to do it before you say anything. And I thought, I, and this is a st stupid argument, but I said, I don't think that's the best way to do it. And I just started trying to ignore the Lord, and I said, I'm just going to do it anyways. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to look at my notes, and my my vision is actually getting blurred because I told the Lord I'm not going to do it. And so now I can't even read my notes. And so I'm looking away. This literally happened, guys. I'm not making this up. I'm and the Lord goes, Brian, I want you to call him out now. And I'm like, yeah, but Lord. And everyone's watching me. They don't know I'm having this conversation. And I just finally thought, well, what am I? Really, Brian, what are you doing there if you're not there for this stuff? I mean, seriously. I said, okay. So I said, sir, would you stand up, please? And he stands up. And I said, is it? Is it true that you were a pastor? And he's, yes. And I said, D and you, have you just gone through a conflict where your church has gone through a split? And he said, yes. All of a sudden, I forgot where I was at. 
Spirit of the Lord just filled me with his love, and I said, oh, you've, you've, you've made a decision to leave serving the Lord, and, um, and you feel like you caused the split. Is that true? And he's like, yes. And I said, that's not the Lord. The Lord is, that's not what God has said. He said, this was an attack from the enemy. You've not done anything wrong. God wants to restore you. And the Spirit of the Lord falls on him. And he, (laughs) I I always try to figure out why people do this. He screams, ah, like that. And then he falls down. This is at a non-charismatic Baptist church (laughs) with a Baptist pastor who's never experienced any of this. And so he's now carrying on in the row, sobbing, oh, like that. And I'm watching everyone else watch him. And, I mean, what do you say in situations like that? Hey, that was fun, wasn't it? And so I said, so why don't you pull out your Bible, and I'm going to teach you about God being a father, and he's still carrying on. And I just teach, and he finally gets control of himself, and he sits back up in his chair, and I'm just kind of doing my thing. And I get done with the session, and I'm looking, and there's the presence of the Lord is way in the very back of the room, and I see him resting on a lady back there, and I'm like, huh, should I call her out? And the Lord goes, yes, call her out. And I'm like, okay. And so I have her stand up, and I tell her some stuff about her prayer life, something about her oldest child and a struggle she's had with this older child, and she does the same thing. Ah! Like that. And then she starts sobbing uncontrollably. All right. So, we finished the first session. They want me to do two sessions, and this is a Friday night. I have to do two sessions on Friday, and then I have to do seven sessions all day Saturday. And so, and I'm sick, all right? And um, I finished with the first session. They're going to do a 10-minute break. And the minute I sit down, all my symptoms come back on me, so I have the Kleenex back up my nose. And I watch the pastor and about 10 other guys, and they go to the corner of the room, and they're standing back there, and I don't even need to hear what they're saying. I know what's going on. They're yelling at each other, and they're pointing at me, and they're pointing at the other people in the room that screamed, and they're, and they're not having a good time. So I, the pastor comes, and he sits down. We're ready to start the next session. I said, am I done? And he goes, no, just keep teaching. I said, well, is everything okay? And he goes, well... You're making things a little uncomfortable here. And I'm like, okay. And so I stand up to do the next session. My, my symptoms go away. I pull the Kleenex out of my nose, and here we go again. And, and every session for the next two days, the Spirit Lord did the same thing. And every person that he was having me call out, he either healed them of something they had dealt with for a decade or gave him a word, and the funny thing was, is it was everyone that was related to either the pastor or all the elders of the church. I mean, one of the main elders who hated the gifts of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord came on his wife and healed her of a condition she had for over a decade. And I watched them go back, after every session, they went back there and they'd yell at each other. Finally, by the end of the day, I asked the pastor at the end of the last day, I'm asking him, by the way, just so you understand, my symptoms are not getting any better. I mean, I'm just still struggling with the same thing. And everyone's like, well, then why doesn't God heal you? And I'm like, I'm clueless. I don't know. Why don't you pray for me? And well, we don't know how to do that. And I'm like, okay. 
And so I asked the pastor, hey, are you okay? And he said, well, you've, you've made my life incredibly difficult from this point on. And I said, well, that really wasn't my intention. My intention was to show you that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's a God of mercy and power. And you guys don't just need to be suffering with all this stuff all the time. All right, let's keep moving on. Another term that's used for the word miracle is the word I just gave you, power. Now, interesting enough, the Bible never discontinued, it's kind of hard to say this because we've done this so much, there's never a time where Jesus isn't teaching and expressing power. You can't really separate, you actually have to do this really hard job to separate Jesus' teaching and preaching ministry from him doing miracles because they're not disconnected. You actually have to work hard to separate them. Were you guys aware of the fact that we've done a really good job over the last two centuries separating Jesus' teaching ministry from his miraculous ministry, and we act like they're two different things? He never taught without moving in power. He was always ministering to people. In fact, what you guys would find interesting, and I'll just share this with you, there are certain events in Luke's gospel where Jesus stops teaching and all he does is function in the power of God for two or three days just healing everybody. Um, there was another, I don't know if you guys ever read some of these books, I read another book by another Pap, uh, Baptist minister who um, just did a historical study of the healing ministry of Jesus and at the end of the book still didn't believe miracles were for today. I thought that was kind of phenomenal. But I thought he wrote a really good book on the historical healing ministry of Jesus. And it was saying that there, when Jesus was doing these campaigns out in the, the Judean countryside, like for two or three de- days and healing everyone that came to him, it actually was shown in Scripture that he wiped out diseases in certain regions of Israel. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> um. If you guys really get into this, like I started to and after a while, that means that Jesus drove out plagues in Israel. Do you know that there are certain healers that I've followed through church history that have gone into regions and drove out plagues by exhibiting the power of God in a region? Uh, Think about that with me, all right? So... Those are the three words that are used for it. Hopefully this isn't dry. You're, you're keeping up with me. Now let's talk about the division of ministry. So what has God used to do miracles? You ought to enjoy this. God has used power over natural things he's created to do miracles. And this is where people are really confused by this. Hopefully I can deal with it. The first one is water. God uses water to do miracles. Either people walking on water or throwing water on something. God will use it to do a miracle. He's done miracle with water throughout the Old Testament. Just some historical stuff. Uh, the Jordan, he's used water. Jericho, he used water. Uh, he threw an iron in water and made it float. I mean, you guys get it? He uses water to do miracles. He's used fire to do miracles. <laughs> he's used a pillar of fire. He's used Carmel fire where he, 
He dealt with one of the enemies. He's used the furnace, the fiery furnace, to do a miracle. So here's where I'm not going to do all of them. I'd do this if I was teaching a class on miracles. But take any element that God has created, and you find out in the Scripture God's used it to do miracles. So do you guys see how we've kind of limited? Well, you know, God only does this. It's only a miracle if it's someone in a wheelchair and he lifts them out. And God's saying, no, I use everything to do miracles. That actually means that you have to change the way you look at what you see as reality. Everything that you and I are observing is the miraculous power of God sustaining everything. And he, he guys get it? He's creative, just like if I was a painter, I would take certain paints and paint different things on different days. He just says, oh, I've never used salt. I'll use salt to do a miracle today. Or here's some oil over here. Maybe I'll use peanut butter the next day. See, he's not limited by that. We think in limiting ways. He doesn't. He takes anything that he's created and he says, let's use that to do a miracle. Yeah, dirt. He uses dirt to do miracles. So another one is oil. He loves using oil to do miracles. Um, food. <laughs> he uses food to do miracles. You guys realize manna was food. Um, let's see. Here's, and I'm going to give you the rest of these, and then we'll get over it. He's used thunder, hail, rain, floods, earthquakes, trees, and open doors. And clouds, yeah. So, let's focus on miracles, and then I'm going to wrap this up. Okay, so this one is this. Miracles are for divine provision. So, God... This is the hardest part of walking with the Lord. If you guys ever, if you recognize this, if you walk with the Lord, you start seeing a pattern. You lack something. God wants to do a miracle. It's called provision. The idea of God actually stepping into human history and providing for you is a miracle. That's why it's provision of miracles. And, and because we don't understand God actually enjoys doing this, we always think, why does he bring me to the end and we always talk about it from our side instead of the fact that God is trying to show you, I want you to get on to a different level of existence. I want you to start expecting me to do miracles. So when you get into trouble, you should actually get excited and go, ooh, I wonder what kind of miracle God's going to do in this situation. Now, I don't, do you guys think like that? I have, to, I have to train myself to think like that. I see it all the time when I read scripture. But how many of us get in a room and go, what trouble are you in right now? And, and then go, ooh, I wonder what miracle God's going to do to deliver you out of that. Most of us say, oh, no, another one, another trial, another thing. Um, so do you remember in the Old Testament when um, Israel was being used as like um, a natural picture of how God leads? And so he takes them into the promised land. And everything he does, he does it by doing miracles. He was trying to show you, if I'm in the midst of you, this is what it's like in my kingdom. I just do, you're supposed to be expecting miracles 24-7. And most of us are like, well, okay, so he did that with the nation of Israel. He must have gotten tired. He's not doing that today. It, if you guys ever get a chance, just sit down and interview like three different believers, and you'll find out that God's still doing the same stuff he's always done. Constantly, we just never share our miracle stories with each other. We usually talk about it from our side. Man, that was a struggle, and I had a lot of stress, and I lost a lot of body weight because I didn't know what God was doing. 
But God is trying to show you a consistency of his nature. God has not stopped ever doing these things. Let's move on to the next one. God does miracles of divine providence, which means any intervention where God steps in, that's a miracle. The next one is this. Miracle of divine protection. Uh, I, I believe Mike said something about God being your rear guard. Have you guys ever studied that concept of God being a rear guard or a refuge? It actually means that the reason why it talks about the armor of God and only talks about the armor, the armor is always facing forward, is because God is to be your rear guard. So that actually means, you, hopefully this blesses you, the reason why you don't have to sit around worrying about the enemy is because miraculous power is following you everywhere you go. And then when it says God's your refuge in the midst of a storm, a refuge is a citadel of joy, which is literally a citadel of miraculous joy waiting for you in the midst of conflict. That's why God's a refuge. Uh, Whoever said that, I agree with you. It is good. Okay. There's also, this is fun. Not only are you to expect miracles, it actually you should be expecting miracles in the marketplace. Um, I'm always amazed by this. I don't know if you guys ever see this because um, it took me a while to get my head wrapped around this. Not, not only does God want to go into your business and do miracles, he wants miracles exploding everywhere you go as you're just living your everyday life. Someone asked me a while back, uh, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but for some odd reason in Kansas City, there's an awful lot of fighting over masks. Everyone fighting over mass. I don't know if that's going on out here where people are irritated by it and people are chewing you out because you don't have it and all that other stuff. Uh, uh, but that's kind of a thing in Kansas City. And I was having a conversation with someone. And I said, hey, the next time someone is upset about that, why don't you say, hey, let me minister to you. I see these things as divine setups, so you might as well just step into them and expect a miraculous encounter. In fact, God so, once you start understanding this, God so wants to do it, he'll invite you into it whether you want to do it or not. Um, I'm, not going to tell, I'm going to tell you a, fail, a failure story, just to give you an idea. I had, uh, maybe seven years ago, I, most, most Decembers are the month where I just kind of relax. I do my last meeting, and then I just hang out with my family, and we go Christmas shopping and all that. We'd gone to a, a department store called Macy's, and we were buying pillows for all our kids. So this is more than 10 years ago. Um, and we go up there, and the lady behind the cash register is really sick. Really sick. And, I, and I'm just watching her suffer. And I'm a guy that prays for people all the time, and I'm just looking at her like, go take some cold medicine. I mean, go home or something like that, because she's just... <coughs> doing that kind of stuff, and I'm like, I really don't want to pay for this and get that at the same time. Talk about no compassion. And while she's hacking on me, and I'm trying to pay for it, the Spirit of the Lord lands on me, and he says, if you'll pray for her, I'll heal her. And I'm fighting with the Lord over it. Man, Lord, I've just done a whole year of this stuff. Aren't you glad they laugh at my immaturity? That's <laughs> So I'm arguing with the Lord. I pay for it. He keeps saying over and over in my ear, 
if you'll pray for her, I'll heal her. And I'm like, well, I don't want to pray for her. I mean, I just, I just want to get pillows and go shopping. I don't, I get tired of doing this and I'm complaining. I'm like, this is stupid. And I'm actually having this internal argument with the Lord. I leave her. I'm heading down the escalators with my pillows, with my kids. And finally, I get to the bottom of the escalator. I'm like, Kelly, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm supposed to go back and pray for her, and God will heal her. And she goes, okay, well, we'll just go to the car. I said, I'll be there in a few minutes. So I go back up the other side of the escalator. Now I can't find her. I'm literally going through the whole entire department asking people, where's the lady that was, like, coughing and sneezing all over everybody? And they're like, well, we don't know. And, and I'm like, well, could you go in the break room and find her? And they, they go, and they can't find her. And I'm like, what, what was that? And so I miss my opportunity of God showing up. That's how much he wants to do it, <laughs> regardless of where our state of mind is. So, Thankfully, I do that every other time, not every time. So let's keep moving on. The next one is this. We have miracles of healing, signs and wonders of healing. Here's another one, dreams being fulfilled. That's a miracle when God gives you a dream and he fulfills it. This is amazing. God actually does miracles in what's called the victory of the valleys. So, this is amazing. When it uses that term in Psalms 23, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Most people just, I don't know what they think that means. I used to think it meant, well, God's with you, regardless if you're going to die or not. That term, I am with you, is very distinct in the Old and New Testament. It doesn't just mean omnipresence, God is everywhere. It means a tangible sense of the miraculous power of the Lord is with you. That's why they described it that way. You recognize God's there. So it's saying, as you get close to death, you're not going to be there alone going, where's God? He's going to manifest himself right there in the midst of you, and the thing that was supposed to bring fear to you has no sting because he's manifested his miraculous presence as you go on to your reward. I don't know. Is that comforting? Uh, when God fulfills prophetic words, those are miracles too. I've got to tell this one and I'll be done. Back in 1996, I was working at another ministry with a gentleman named James Gall. I was his assistant. We went out to California to this church where Cheon was the pastor at the time. And they were uh, dealing, dealing with the Toronto Blessing. Do you guys remember any of that? Okay. So they were meeting in an auditorium. Do you guys ever heard of Mott Apple Juice or Mott Applesauce? Well, they actually built an auditorium in Pasadena, California, and che, at that time, Chan was renting that and doing these meetings at Mott Auditorium, which you guys have really nice, comfortable seats that are like this. They had the same type of seats, but they were wooden, so they're really uncomfortable. So I land with James Gall into LA, the airport in LAX, and these Asian people pick us up, and they're already drunk in the spirit. So they're laughing the whole time they're taking us to where we have to go. And they're trying to, like, blow on us and do that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what kind of meetings are we going into? We drop out our luggage, and I, and I still have guys doing this and laughing at me while I'm just kind of sitting in a chair going, what? I, mean, I don't have a sense of anything. We get out, and we go into Mott Auditorium, 
And I, I couldn't tell the difference between what was going on there and some rock concerts I was at when I was a youth. I mean, I was like, this is unbelievable. I walk in the room, and there's just piles of people all over the place, either worshiping or falling on the ground and doing that. And from the moment we got into the meeting, every meeting went to midnight every night. So we would start at 8 in the morning and stay there till midnight every night. <laughs> and at the time, this is when Lou Ingalls was there with him, so I got to meet Lou Ingalls. And, and one day, I was also being forced to fast because no one was eating during that time. So he, he actually took me and a bunch of other people to a Chinese restaurant, and we ate so much Chinese food, I thought I was going to blow up and die from all the Chinese food. Okay. And every meeting was the same. The Spirit of the Lord would just hit the room, and people would, like, scream and fall and do all this stuff, and it just went on for hours. I mean, it was just, oh, my goodness. It was tiring after a while. Well, we get to the last day, and um, they're getting ready for the morning session, and I'm already tired. I've done a whole bunch of ministry, and I'd, I'd gotten to the point I had screamed so much I'd lost my voice. So I'm, <laughs> and I just, I, I can't remember who I was standing by, but I told someone, I'm just going to go to the front. And this is how I was talking. I'm going to go to the front. I'm just going to sit up there. I didn't go up there to worship. I just went up there to take a breath and just kind of relax. All right, so I'm sitting in the front row in Mod Auditorium. I have my eyes closed, and I'm just like, God, Give me strength. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it through this thing. So we had two more days to go. And I'm just sitting there, and I have this really intense experience. Uh, I met Chan's staff and did got to do ministry with him. And one of the pastor's wife, she was known to be this prophetic lady. Well, I'm, I'm sitting in the front row, and I just have my eyes closed. And I have this vision of her coming up and putting ha her hands on me and giving me this prophetic word. Right? And, and as I, I'm watching this thing in my head, and I'm barely finishing it. And I open my eyes, and there she is. And she literally puts her hands on my head and says the exact same thing to me I just saw. It so scared me. I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. That so rocked my world. At the same time, the power of God hit me so hard that I launched out of the seat. I mean, how does that happen? How do you go a, a, a guy in a reclining seat like this to be and shoot across the stage? I literally hit my head on the platform like that and just fell and just slid to the ground under the power of God, screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> So I do that stuff too. And so, you guys ready? I, I have never, now sometimes it takes years for God to fulfill certain words, but I've never seen God give me a vision and then someone give me a word to confirm it and then launch me across the room to say, you better receive this and hit my head into a stage to make sure I received it. That was just unbelievable to me. Now, why am I telling you these stories? Well, they're fun for one thing. But the reality of it is, is this is, if you read the Bible and you read Acts and stuff like this, this is normal. This is what God does all the time. This is who he is. This is the guy we're hanging out with. He, he does miracles. He loves doing miracles. That's his nature to do miracles. We need to be, a, now you guys ready? 
we need to come into agreement with this and start saying, you do whatever you want in the midst of us. Would you guys join me with that? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. And I thank you that you, by your nature, are miraculous. And we thank you for all the different ways that you do these things. And so for us tonight, Lord, I ask that a level of your glory would be released in the midst of us so that as you work among us, we're invited into a new level of expectation with you. I just bless your name right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, so Liz, would you come and stand up here, please? All right, so for your guys' benefit, I'm going to model some of this to you real quick. You know. Thank you, Liz. By the way, why do, why do um, I have people put their hands out? It's not because it's cute. Sometimes people lock up their arms, and they're actually, in a sense, stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit. So you teach them just to put their hands out and receive. That's, that's why I actually do that. So you guys ready? I don't even have to do this. She's already being touched by the Lord, but I'm just going to do this for your benefit. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and release your power and your presence? Now, the only reason we do that is so we can focus. I already told you she was starting to feel the presence of the Lord, right? So I'm going to come up to her, and we're going to have a talk. Hi, Liz. What are you sensing? Oh, sitting over there. I'm on fire. So you feel heat? Oh, on fire. Do you feel power or anything like that? Yeah. So as you were talking over there, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just came on. I was burning up. (laughs) Okay. So do you see how he does? So you just focus on the Lord now, and I want you guys to watch this. So here the Lord's ministering to. She's telling you it's happening already. So what do we usually do when the Spirit of the Lord comes? Well, we do a bunch of stuff that actually stops the flow of the Holy Spirit. We run around them. We spit on them. We push them. We do all this kind of stuff. That actually shuts people down. So you guys ready? All you have to do, this is what the, Liz, if you're going to fall, tell me. I mean, it's fun, but we don't want you to. All right. So, um, so instead of having to, like, do anything, I just bless it more, Lord. I bless what you're doing. Release your power. So, guys, do you see how the power of the Lord comes? And I, I want Liz to, like, be picked up and thrown across the room, but the Lord isn't doing that right now. But can you see the power of God that's just resting on her? This is actually normal Christianity. Right, so now he's ministering to her. We're always saying, well, should I, like, pray for her? Or should I push her now or anything? No, just bless it. More, Lord. We, we, we trust in what you're doing. We just say more. Just do the work you're doing tonight in Liz. Just let it come. Yeah, bless your name, Lord. You're good at, mi- I mean, how hard is it to say this? You're really good at ministry, Lord. Thank you. Okay, so now it's interview again. What are you sensing, Liz? Did you see? <laughs> what's that? Just shaking. Can you tell what's going on at all? Mm-hmm. Do you have an idea why he's moving in power? No. Is he saying anything to you? He hasn't so far. Okay, so just keep focusing on the Lord. Holy Spirit, just more. Okay, so she's being sautéed. It's your guys' turn. So the Lord gave me specifically, if you have back problems tonight, it doesn't matter what it is, anything with your back, would you stand? Any back problems? 
just like she's doing, just put your hands out. The Lord's here. He's going to minister to you. All right? Holy Spirit, come. Bring your power over your people. Bring it, Lord. He's coming. Just relax. Receive it. Thank you, mighty one. More? Yeah, there you go, Lord. More power. Come over their backs. Restore them, Father, right now. In the name of Jesus. So, the rest of you, if you want, this is what I used to do. I used to be in meetings where this stuff was going on. I would just watch a person. You can actually study people. Everyone's like, well, you can't watch people while they're being ministered to. That's how you learn. Watch them. Watch how the Spirit of the Lord ministers. Ask God questions. What are you doing with that person? That's how you learn this stuff. For the people that are standing, don't worry about me. You just keep your focus on the Lord, right? Just focus your attention on the Lord. More power, Lord. Just release it. More. More. Thank you, Lord. So is someone here dealing with some kind of like pull on the back of their leg or any kind of inflammation on their calves? Is anyone dealing with any pull on the back of their leg? Okay, so Holy Spirit, would you increase your power right now? Just come into their hip area and just grab it, Holy Spirit, and pull it back into wholeness right now in the name of Jesus. Yep, more, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name. Thank you. So people are still standing. Increase your power now more. More, Lord, right now. Just release more power over them. Now, the people that are receiving prayer, a lot of times people try to pray. Don't pray. Just come into a heart attitude of thanking the Lord. Lord, I just thank you for your presence. I bless your name. Just enjoy the Lord. Don't worry. We're praying for you. You just need to relax. We just bless your name, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Just do your work. Thank you, mighty one. Just bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Thank you, mighty one. Yep. Thank you, Lord. All right, so someone, someone here, you're dealing with some kind of um, sinus issues and stuff with headaches. If you're dealing with headaches or sinus issues, would you stand, please? Sinus issues or any of that kind of stuff, that's you? Okay, so JR, would you lay hands on her shoulder? Yeah, yeah, thank you. More, Lord? Okay, I break the power of infirmity over these people's bodies. Ask Holy Spirit that you would restore them now. Bring life to them. Pull muscles, bones, and ligaments back into wholeness and alignment right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let wholeness rest on them, Lord. And restore them. The enemy has tried to steal from them. We reclaim it back right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, mighty one. Thank you, Lord. Break yokes, Holy Spirit. Break them. Break them with your power. In the name of Jesus. Hey, Lee, do you mind coming up here and laying hands on her? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty one. We bless your name. Bless your name, Lord. 
Thank you for your goodness. All right, so for the people that are standing, you can go ahead and sit down. And let's, let's just kind of do this. How many of you, when you were standing, the people that were standing, how many of you felt the presence of the Lord? Just kind of raise your hand at me. Did any of you get healed as we were praying for you? Did you get healed? Can you come up and share with us what you're dealing with real quick? We'll just do this person, and then we'll break it off after this. So you stood up for? Um, well, you said anything having to do with uh, back pain or anything, and I've had some strain in my back recently. Okay. And uh, so I was feeling it. And now I'm not. So the pain's gone. Oh, great. Thank you. Good job. All right, anyone else? Real quick. Okay, come on up. So you were dealing with, and then tell us what you experienced. When I decided I would decide, define back by anything back. So that included neck and head and all the way down. And... Um, I just, I have tight neck muscles, and um, I've, they're much looser. I can feel they're very calm. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so we just done, we've just done two people. I want you guys to understand. Do you see what all we did? We just said, Lord, do what you always do, bring your power. And this is how God does what he does in the midst of us. You know, we become skilled at giftedness, but really we have to learn this principle first. God loves doing this. We have to give room in our life to let the presence of the Lord come. All right? All right, so I'm done. I'm going to turn it over to your wonderful pastor, Mike. Thank you, guys. Here he is. You guys give Brian a hand. Thank you, Lord. Can you guys give the Lord a hand? So I just, just, I just thought it was funny. When Brian started to speak tonight, so I've been, I've had just some back, my back's been tight. I don't know, I wake up in the morning, I feel like it's going to go out on me. And it's funny because I'm like, I'm praying for someone almost every day and seeing God do miraculous things, much more than just back things, like instantaneously healing bones and things and all sorts of crazy stuff. And I'm, and I just go, God, and I'm not frustrated, but you know, there's that like, okay. I'm seeing everybody else get healed, and and then you know <laughs> you're like you're like, can I pray for you? <laughs> you know, it's not that bad. But um, <laughs> but it was funny as I just sat there, um, and I, you weren't even talking about healing, Jay. We were just talking, and and uh, the Lord just said, um, Brian's going to call out backs tonight, <laughs> and I went okay, <laughs> and. Uh, and so, of course, Brian called out backs tonight, and uh, and and so, and I know, like, it's not healed right now. I mean, like, physically healed, but I know, like, the Lord is already, like, I knew He's going to heal it. I know He's going to heal it, and um, and all I do is just, it's it's that thank you, Lord, for your healing, and it will be healed, whether it's. 20 minutes from now, whether it's I walk out the door an hour from now, or whether it's tomorrow morning, but I know it's going to be healed. I, I, I know it. And I knew it before Brian was going to do it, because he said that Brian was going to do it, and I was going to get healed. So I just, I just find it so funny how, how the Lord works, but I, I felt like I was supposed to share this, because sometimes we can get frustrated when we don't get healed in the moment. Um, and, and I always tell people, and I pray for them, and it's and most of the time, people get healed right away, but sometimes they don't, and it's nothing happens. And I just go, you know what? Just thank the Lord 
for what he's doing. And, and never, don't ever get frustrated with God. <laughs> I get you can, you can have a good talk with him and be like, God, what's going on? Um, but don't get to the point of complaining. And, and it never worked out well for people in the Bible. <laughs> Always stay in a place of a grateful heart for the Lord. And, and he, he loves you more than you know. And, and he'll bring healing in the situations. And he knows your situation. And, and a lot of times there's just, he's teaching you greater things than just you getting healed. It might not just be about your, your healing, but there's things that he's working through with you, that he's teaching you. And, uh, and his whole purpose is to, for fullness of life. He wants the very best for each of us. So sometimes our version of the best is not necessarily the best. It's like when you have kids. And what they think is the best is like lots of candy, lots of sugar, and you know that if they eat that, it's going to really be detrimental to them. <laughs> so sometimes we as children don't always know what's actually the very best for us. He does. Our job is to trust him, to love him, to thank him, and to walk with him. And let me say too, when, when this power comes, like the other thing we do is we, we go out when the power of God moves, we talked about it a little bit on Sunday, but sometimes we, we begin to share the gospel, we begin to share his love with others, and then God's power moves. Other times, God's power moves, and then what do they do is they go out and share. It's that wait, Terry, until my power comes upon you. For what purpose? So that you can be my witnesses. When the power of God moves on us, our job is to be witnesses to be those that now share that with others. So never just hold that in as your own. That's not just for you. <laughs> it's so that you can actually demonstrate to others the very love and the power of Jesus to, to those around you. So, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you so much for this sweet time tonight. Lord, we thank you for Liz as she's just getting <laughs> just ministered to right now. <laughs> we just thank you for that, Lord. And, Lord, I just pray for that, just your presence to fall upon each one of us tonight, Lord, in different ways. It, it manifests in different ways. Sometimes it's just a, just a peace that comes. But, Lord, I just ask you for just a release of your love, of your power, of, of just your presence, however you want to do it in each one of us. Lord, that, that you would empower us. You would give us that greater taste and that, that understanding of who you are, that we would know you that we would understand you in greater ways, greater, like it's having understanding, it's like a diamond, it's like just different facets of who you are. There's so many ways that we can uh, see you in, in, in new ways. There's just, it's, it's so beautiful when we get to experience you in new ways. So Lord, I just ask you for tonight, for each one of us, that we would get to experience your love, your grace, and your power in new ways, and that we would get to share that love, that grace, and that power with others. So we just, I just pray your blessing over every person here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.